And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. What's up, hustlers? Welcome back. This is Andrew Morgans, founder of Marknology, here as today's host of Startup Hustle, covering all things e-commerce, Amazon. Um, we're going to have a lot of fun. This is the new one for me. Um, Today's guest is going to explain this more in detail, but we're going to be talking about building a startup from the idea up. Uh, we're going to be talking about influencer marketing. We're going to be talking about, you know, kind of new trends and new ways to um, improve. I don't want to give it all away. Before we do, shout out to our sponsor, Fullscale.io. Hiring software developers is difficult. Fullscale can help you build a software team quickly and affordably and has a platform to help you manage that team. Visit Fullscale.io to learn more. If you just want to see a cool website and how... Um, you can really innovate to show off your team. Check it out, fullscale.io. Rishabh, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. I'm super excited yeah. about this conversation. Yeah, me too. I um, I didn't know exactly, you know, everything about your business. I was trying to understand it on my own, and um, you know, we talked a little bit before the show, and I'm fired up. We almost took up some of the the show's time just chatting about, you know, some of the strategies and and what have you, but your company, Fermat Commerce, I think I'm pronouncing that right. Um, let's start with you a little bit before we jump right into your business. Um, talk to me about entrepreneurship and your passion for business. Is it something that you had like, you know, since you were little? Is it something you fell into? Is it a family business? Um, where does it start? Yeah, yeah. So for me personally, I, I always grew up with this idea that I love understanding how the world works. But I also think that the only way that you can scalably provide impact to the world is for-profit business. So like I saw over and over again, the only way that you can like really help other people is, yeah, is, is creating a business so that way it's sustainable and you can actually deliver that impact to, to, to a very large number of people. I and so that. that, yeah, that led me down two paths in parallel. One was actually physics. So I love physics just understanding how the world works and then uh, business at the same time. And basically throughout my life, I've basically been t toying with the two of those over and over again. Um, yeah. And then during my, I got my PhD in physics. And then while I was doing that, started two companies. Uh, neither of those ended up working out, which we can get into if it's interesting. Uh, but then after that, I decided, hey, I'm going to go work at a software company, see what this whole software thing is. And then, yeah, started building businesses and software, built three businesses inside of my previous company. So we had like an incubation unit, built three new businesses okay. there, and then started Fermat Commerce last year. How'd you get into, you know, software development after going to school for physics? <laughs> you know, uh, by mistake. It was, uh, it was, it's, I, I wish there was like a really interesting story here, but I was just like walking around and then this guy at this company was like, hey, man, are you interested in working at, at a software company? And I was like, dude, I'm not a software engineer. I'm a physicist. He's like, don't worry, don't worry. Like, we hire people like you all the time. 
And then I, I just fell into it. And then during the interview process, I met this guy who was wearing a graphic tee, a blazer, Converse shoes. And the interview, I kid you not, was like, hey, let's just rederive special relativity. And I was like, what is happening to me right now? <laughs> and, and, and who are these people? Like, what are tech people actually like this? And, Where were and you? Could, Where were you at in the world at that time? This was in 2015. I had like come to interview at this at, at the company that I ended up working at called LiveRamp. Um, and this guy, I was just like, man, I wanna I wanna work with people like this. Like this is like unique. You, you know, it, yeah, it's unique. And if I'm ever gonna do it, now's the time to do it because this is just unbelievable. So what city were you in? So I was studying in Boston and then the company okay. was in San Francisco. So I moved to San Francisco after. Okay. So one I knew I was like not gonna say I knew, I didn't want to assume, but San Francisco definitely has those types. Like it's very common. It's like, you know, if I'm gonna wear like a dress hat and like some real hipster like streetwear type <laughs> in LA, I blend in. No one gives no a crap, you know? Um, here in Kansas City, Missouri, people are like, Where does he get off thinking he can dress like that? You know, so the blazer, the graphic tee, the converse, I'm like, okay, that makes sense, Silicon Valley. Um but also Boston, you said you were like you studied in Boston or that's where you went to school. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's so where I, I got my to, PhD. Yeah. I went to Babson College for a master's certificate. Um, very beautiful city. Um, I just like to know you where know people I, come from. You know what I think is underappreciated about Boston? So uh, I'm a are you a runner by any chance? Or? A little bit. I'm an athlete for sure. Running okay. wouldn't okay. be like my main thing. Okay, dude, the Charles River is like one of it's like a gem and yeah, like running around the Charles river. I, I tell this to people all the time because unless you've actually been in Boston, you don't really appreciate how incredible this thing is because there's like a bridge every mile. So you could like run around the river or bike around the river or whatever you want to do. And you could create any route you want to create. You could do four miles. You can do 10 miles. You could do 20 miles. It's, and it's, it's beautiful. Yeah, and it's like a it's an inspiring it, no, run. Yeah, and no no other city has that. Like no other city has like a bridge every mile so you can sort of like, you know, choose your own adventure. It's like actually a hard thing to find. I used to love those books. Choose your own adventure. I don't know if you ever read those books. <laughs> Dude, now Netflix is making choose your own adventure TV shows, so I know. We'll see if it's as good as the books, but I used to love <laughs> those. I used to love those and it was so revolutionary at the time, in my opinion, like um, I don't know. It's a very unique idea, but I honestly have, that's like something I learned new today. I didn't know, um, no one's ever talked about like the bridges there in Boston. And when I was at Babson, they like picked me up in a black car from the, the airport and drove me in there. And there's like no reception and no Wi-Fi and everything I did with like the Goldman Sachs program was kind of like a disconnect thing. So I didn't really, I still have yet to experience Boston to its full. Wow. Okay. Well, yeah, next I'll time you to, go, you're going to have to, to do out. it. I'm going to have to check it out. I'll bring my running shoes just to just to see what it is. Because honestly, like I'm someone that is very intentional about my inspiration and you know where you get it. And um, traveling is a big part of that. But also like the views and like the inspiration of seeing people out there. The water um, sounds awesome. And my sister just came back singing his praises. So okay, that's my Boston plug. But um, okay, so so you like find software development. And in it, you like create some ideas or you create some businesses from the ground up. You'd already failed to before, or this happens like at this company. 
You'd already failed no, no, two no. like startups before. Yeah, I'd failed two startups before. One was a hardware startup. The other one actually was a software startup. So okay, uh, but it happened to be in the science space. So it was like a laboratory data sharing startup. Okay. Uh, and that's way boring. Big business. It was a big mistake that that thing failed. I'm. <laughs> there's a company now called Benchling multi-billion dollar company it started exactly at the same time that we started our company oh gosh and we had a founder disagreement so it was not a market problem we had a founder disagreement yeah it was a people problem and then benchling grew and is a multi-billion dollar company now so yeah nothing like that for humble pie (laughs) yeah i know the best startups are always are always created in the boring spaces yeah I know. I know that to be true. I 100% know that to be true. I was just thinking about getting passionate about that, you know? Um, But I am someone that (laughs) went to school for computer science. I like, you know, I got a lot of coding languages in my belt. It was networking and security. I got a job at MasterCard corporate in networking uh, in a knock and, you know, worked a year there, was making more money than I'd ever made as a musician because also as a musician traveling the U.S. for five years, um, I realized that I had geographical freedom, but I couldn't, it was selfish of me, um, to not care about financial freedom, not only for myself, but for everybody else I could impact. And I started just feeling like, sure, I can get away with this, but if anyone asks me for help, I can't help anybody. And that was something you said early was something that resonated with me, um, was just like to really make impact. You know, I grew up in Africa till I was 16. Um, I saw like, you know, the, the, you know, Congo is 99% unemployment, you know, very, very low living conditions, you know, very poor living conditions and really saw, um, you know, how grateful or how blessed we are to be Americans or be in America or be in a first world country for, for lack of a better word. And, um, you know, it was something that like giving back to others, like, you know, being able to help even at times when it felt overwhelming, moving back here and knowing what was going on there was actually like a very hard thing for me. And then having to repurpose that to be like, okay, what do I need in the world? Okay, I want to explore. I want to experience new things. And then kind of coming to this realization that like these things I've avoided, like caring about money, uh, for example, because I just didn't really care about it. I didn't want it. Happy without it uh, was actually the solution or what I believed could be like, you know, something to help, um, you know, the world that I that I left behind or the world that I know lives all around us. Everybody needs help all around us. And so that was a long way of saying um, you know, business and money was something I didn't ever care about or really pay attention to has become my ultimate focus because the only way to out of abundance you can give. Right. And exactly. Um, I, yeah, I think, I think like there's a bunch of us who, yeah, I mean, I can empathize intensely actually with what you're saying. I, uh, we, yeah, we didn't talk about it before the show, but I grew up actually part in India. So I saw, you know, all sorts of poverty like you, for a long time, I was very averse to business and money through high school and things like that. Um, yeah, so I can I can empathize completely. And then you're right. At some point, you realize, man, if I want to help other people, I want to increase the total output of the economy and create value for other people. And I will always create more value than I take. But in order to continue to create more value, I need to drive that business profitably or at a minimum with revenue 
So that yeah. way I can continue to build more things that continue to deliver more value to people. Right. And yeah, it's, at some point you realize like, man, the, the massive force of good that you can drive with uh, economic opportunity and, uh, and sound economic models is actually very powerful. Totally. Like I've worked with a group in India, um, Walla helped found them essentially like a Marknology 2.0 in regards to like teaching them skills and, and um, things we've learned at Marknology to be able to, you know, take those e-commerce skills, um, working with a group in Africa as well. And these are things that are like free to give, it's, you know, it's my time, but it's, it, it's education and it's just training, you know, training much like in the footsteps of my parents that were there on foot and before the digital world were like teaching English and giving people the opportunity to get jobs really by being English speakers. Um, I'm now doing by, by giving some e-commerce skills, you know, and something that I had to like build myself and learn myself to be able to give to others. Um, you know, it's, it's truly impactful all the way to going viral for, uh, my statements, um, with Kansas's vote. I try to stay away from politics, but, um, you know, we, we had the Roe versus Wade and, uh, Kansas had a big vote and, you know, I just made a statement on my Instagram about talking about influencers later, you know, I made a statement on my Instagram about maybe moving states, you know, depending on the vote to be able to protect my company and the people in it. And, um, and my stance on it, I said, as a business owner, the best way to impact change is like, you know, choosing who we work with, choosing who we build, like what voices do we give, um, you know, uh, a mic to, and, um, with our taxes, we vote with our taxes and, you know, the bigger your business is, the more that matters. And, um, you know, I just made a statement and uh, it ran, you know, it ran, people ran with it, but you're, you're so right. It's like, you know, as a business owner, I think small business really runs the world in a lot of ways. I know there's big companies that have changed, but it's really small businesses that, that create jobs and small businesses, innovating things that, um, you know, make change in communities. And so I take that very literally. And I know we spent a couple of minutes on it, but when you understand even um, the why behind people, I think it can change a lot you know, and it can change a lot about the way you feel about certain things. And for me, e-commerce, uh, which is what we're talking about, has been the great leveler, at least in my like, you know, my adult years, it's made us all kind of uh, made the best man or woman win, so to speak. And if you're good at it, there's no real boys club that you have to get into or buy, you know, entry. When I was in the music world, you had the label that had to put you on, um, you know, now there's YouTube and Spotify and kind of do it yourself. But it was there's gatekeepers, 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 and e-commerce and influencer marketing and things like that has made it where we all have a microphone and the best of us um, can get a lot of reach. And I think, uh, you know, we're going to talk about your company firm at commerce and, and I'm jumping the gun a little bit, but I think that comes all the way full circle. And e-commerce is just one that regardless of our backgrounds or, um, you know, where we come from or what that industry was, it, it found you. I know it found you after physics and, uh, you know, it's found me um, after computer science and music and all types of things. It was like the perfect blend for me where you can kind of come with these creative ideas and, and help people. And um, we've, we've worked with 300 businesses since we started. And now it's 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 honestly better than ever in that we get to choose um, which ones we're working with, which is like the fun part now because there's less um, butt kissing, so to speak. And we're just like working with brands that we love. <laughs> we love building, you know. Um, and that's a fun spot to be in. It's a fun spot to be in where you're getting to kind of build and give back to those companies that you think, um, you know, have some great founders. So let's jump back into your story. I know I went down a little bit of a rabbit hole, but I love sharing 
you know, it can be from di- two different sides of the world, two different uh, perspectives, two different frame of references and, and, and going after the same goal. And I think that's really, really special. Um, okay. So you're at this startup, you're in San Francisco, you're like enamored by the, the founder, the CEO, the guy hiring you in the interview and inside that company, you build other companies. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, so was that I what was they like, did in general or you were kind of, were just allowed to do that on the side? Like, no, no, no. So that was, that was just my role. So like basically, um, it's a little bit of like a convoluted company story, but basically this company was actually acquired by a much larger services company in roughly 2014. And then they divested the parent company and became an independent public company in 2018. So it was like a reverse sale. So first it got acquired, then they sold the parent. I actually they, understand how that works. Like yeah, personally, they, they, I'm not sure the listeners would, but it's it's a going public type of move, right? Yeah, they, they grew so fast relative to the company that acquired them that it was actually a better move to sell the parent and then the acquired company became the entire company, um, which is, which, yeah, it was super interesting that that's, yeah, that in and of itself was a very fascinating experience. But when we did that, uh, in 2018, we were like, Hey, we need to start expanding our business lines. And so that's when I became responsible for building new businesses inside of the company. Uh, and so we built three new businesses between sort of 2018 and 2021, and they were all scaling, you know, like tens of millions of dollars worth of ARR by the time that I was leaving. So it was, it was like an incredible experience to be able to do that. Wow. No. And I think when I went from MasterCard to my first e-commerce startup, which was like, I went from like, kind of like a real prestigious master, it's MasterCard global, you know, like I'm, I'm a businessman at that point. I went from being a bartender and a musician to like, I like have a legit job. I wear a nice dress shirt. I like, you know, I'm doing grown up stuff. And there's a point of it like that was like, I'm from Kansas City, like that was a good company to be in. Um, and I moved to Tampa, I just hated it. Because that environment was like, monitor bank networks, 12 hour shifts, uh, all around the world, basically certain networks would go down in Brazil or India or somewhere in the US, I would contact the banks, reroute traffic, so they're not losing transactions. And you do, you know, you do some a little bit of cool stuff. But really, that was maybe like 30 minutes or an hour a day, it was 11 minutes of maintaining something. And when I went to the e-commerce company, I was just like, I want something completely different. Otherwise, I'm going to get out of computer science. I was like, this was just like boring. I was like, I went from being on stage to like sitting in a cube. And I was like, <laughs> I want to, it was like, it was honestly a very hard transition for me. Um, and I was like, okay, I'm like, I found e-commerce. It was a startup. I was employee number three. They put me in charge of like contacting manufacturers, getting their like assets, like the photography and the product list and the price list, doing the math and saying like, could we sell this product and be profitable? And I'd put products up and within 15, 30 minutes, sometimes I'd get a sale. And it was just like almost that like casino type of rush. You know, I was just like, this is awesome. That first, and, um, oh my God, man, can I, can I just, I, I have to riff on this because yeah, anybody who's in the e-commerce industry knows that that first sale from somebody who's not your friend is like, it's a rush, you know, it's like, oh my God, there are random people on the internet in places that I would never have thought of who are buying this now. They like my stuff. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and somehow they're, somehow they're learning about it. They're choosing to buy, like, why are they choosing to buy it? Right. So 
you're like all of a sudden now you get to ask all of the fun questions, right? Like why what is it about this person that made them buy it, right? No, and you're you and you were already interested in that kind of before you found like software development and whatever, which is like human behavior and stuff. Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly right. No, I I haven't seen anyone frame it that way, but the way you just said it, you know, sparked something in me too, which is like I am from the bottom, like I'm from the dirt, you know, as far as like, you know, climbing and building a business and really learning everything along as you go from opportunity. I didn't even know a single business person. Like when I started out in business, I just knew what I wanted. I was going through a breakup and just like found e-commerce and just like went all in and was really trying to pay off school. And so I just like dug in with like obsession, almost like you go whenever you're in a breakup instead of just like trying to find other girls. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. Like, e-commerce, yeah. like. That was me with running in like 2013. There was like a breakup and I was like, that's how I got to know the Charles so well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're like, I'm doing it, I'm doing it. Well, it was yeah. like my 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 friend group, if I had like a, what friend group I had, we all kind of from the same cloth. And, you know, it's a mindset thing. A lot of it's a mindset thing. And, you know, I, can, I had this idea for a t-shirt. I actually built a brand out of it. I had a t-shirt and uh, I remember asking like 10 of my friends what they thought about it. I probably had... I probably had to dig to find 10 friends, but I found 10 friends. I'm like, what do you think about this idea? And eight out of 10 were like, no, it's not a good idea. And um, now I have a brand and I have everything I have. Uh, but I actually like made my first tweet on Twitter. It got reposted by um, an ESPN blog. It was like a Chiefs Royals thing. And uh, and I sold like 350 shirts in like 24 hour period. And this was like early on, like when I was like just trying some stuff on the side. And I just remember that validation that I felt I got outside my friend circle, right? That kind of doubt me or like, you know, like, because they're used to seeing what you, you your, know, they're used to yeah. seeing certain things. Exactly. So what, and, and what did you feel? Were you like, who are these people? Why did it work? Like, that's exactly what, how I felt. What exactly about what you were yeah. saying was like, yeah, yeah. What, how do I, what do I do next? <laughs> right? How do I get more like, blogs or more people to like yeah. post my stuff? Like, because I didn't have a content strategy. I didn't have an ad budget. I had someone like my design and repost it that already had eyeballs. And um, it taught me a lot. But it was like, it was definitely something that was like, you know what? I don't need validation. Not that I liked them or hated them or anything like that from my, my friend group, my inner circle. But it definitely made me start feeling like just because I'm not getting that validation from these people around me that matter most doesn't mean I'm not onto something big. And um, that was like my first like dreaming a little bit bigger than I had before, ever before, you know? You, you know what I think to myself all the time as a founder? Like the number one thing is how did Airbnb work? Like even today, it's a massive company. We already know that it works. And even today, I cannot answer for you why did it like why it why did it work <laughs> like you know what i mean like nothing about the idea makes any sense right can you ima can you imagine like let's just go back in time to when airbnb was getting started okay somebody walks up to you and he's like andrew i have a great idea i'm going to rent out rooms uh in like where people have already yeah where people are already living and i was like okay isn't that called couch surfing do you, do you remember couch surfing? Yep, I was in a band. Okay, like, okay, yeah, very, exactly. Very, yeah, very yeah. well. Okay, yeah, so it's like, I was like, is that couch surfing? It's like, well, and then you pay for it. It's like, isn't that VRBO? 
or like what you know like what why why are you telling me these things that there are already massive communities for that already work and they're like yeah they're like fine businesses but why what about this is going to be super interesting it's like no 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 no. the photos are going to be amazing (laughs) it's like what the photos are going to be amazing that's you're telling me that because the photos of the place are going to be amazing that people are going to want to stay there it's like yeah man you got to trust me you got to trust me that this this is the unlock uh here's the thing i'm I had the randomest story I have to tell you this since you brought up Airbnb. I was coming back from Thailand. I was in Tokyo. for Like, I didn't get to leave Tokyo. I was in the airport for, like, a while. And I'm charging my laptop. This was, like, year two of Marknology, so, like, six years ago. And I was it was me and, like, my sister. Or, like, maybe it was year three because my sister wasn't there. But we were not, you know, we were consultants, really, more than an agency. And, um... <clears throat> I'm plugging in my laptop. This lady comes up, plugs in. She's like, do you mind if I plug in too? I'm like, no problem. And we start talking. She's like, where'd you come from? I'm like, Thailand. She's like, she starts asking questions. And I didn't know. The daughter comes up. She has this daughter that's like super independent and outgoing. Comes up and is like, I bet you didn't know my mom is like, like one of the founders of Airbnb. Or like, I didn't, I bet you didn't know my mom was like one of the original founders of YouTube. Or like, I think it was YouTube and Airbnb. And we had been, this lady talked to me for like, two and a half hours she was like one of the first five founders of airbnb she was super kind and it was actually thailand that made airbnb start being profitable and actually be a real idea okay so thailand and um because they started in like new york and got shut down right because they were trying this like revolutionary idea in like too strict the city um and so it was like when they went to thailand uh is when the idea kind of blew up and like was all over the place maybe because people are more used to like the hostile environment i'm not exactly sure but she kind of she was explaining some of those things and um you know why they almost like didn't make it and why it was a struggle but for me um i grew up in like a very religious like legalistic community but it was like it was a tight-knit christian community uh when we were back in the u.s and in africa very tribe oriented. Okay. So like if you're American and you're like living in a place like Congo or Moscow in the nineties, uh, you are family immediately. Okay. Like if you're American, me and you would be family immediately. Like you'd be like, bro, come over, like, you know, uh, when you meet and it's just like, it doesn't matter ethnicity, race, like you're just, you're American. That's what you have in common. And so this like community of like, we just meet strangers. I'm going to be at their house for Thanksgiving or, like I have something, oh my God, I have a bag of Doritos. Like, oh my God, holy grail, where'd you get those Doritos? Well, I just like this army guy gave them to me. You know, you have these crazy stories of like things and you just share them with people. Like it's very common to share them because it's like a special thing. And for me, I honestly have had a hard time living in such an independent society. Like that is like the US where everyone's like solo dolo and no one shares and like, you know, everything's like real independent like that for me. For me on the Airbnb side, I was like, yes, like this is like, this is like community. This is tribe. This is amazing. And then having the e-commerce background, like, cause I actually own an Airbnb business. I have like 14 Airbnbs and um, a bunch of properties here in Kansas city, a property management business. And so it was like through the love of traveling that I've already mentioned and discovering Airbnb and then discovering that I could take trips and make pay for my trip, like leaving the house and, I, and an, an unattachment to material items. At the beginning of Airbnb, it was a very specific type of person 
that would travel on Airbnb. And I think that's oh, what yeah. I'm, I'm trying to bring that circle back to is like, it took a very specific like person used to traveling, used to being like having other people around their things or in their things and being comfortable with that. Um, that really made that work. And then like that, that I'm selling it to you online instead of like you seeing it and knowing the brand. I think, yeah, and I think my moral of the Airbnb story, just to sort of touch back on something you were talking about earlier, is you, you were saying like, hey, you get that validation, right? Like your eight for eight of your 10 friends said like, hey, this is like not a good idea. And it's like, man, I am confident that Airbnb got told that this is not a good idea, like thousands of times, right? If 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 today sitting here, I like still cannot fully rationalize to you how somebody would have said that it's a good idea. It's like, as a founder, ultimately, you just got to have some level of conviction and be like, no, I, I, and, and then, and then this is the key thing that you were saying earlier, you put it out into the world, right? You don't, first of all, don't let anybody tell you that you can't put it out into the world, put it out into the world and let the world tell you, yeah. <laughs> right? And it's like those 350 people, like uh, who bought your t-shirt, I mean, I, I don't know where those transactions came from, but it's like, what if they were from like Buffalo, right? It's like, guess what? You're not going to meet those people in Buffalo in Kansas City, but that's why you heard from somebody like near you that, hey, like this is not going to work, yada, yada. And it's like, guess what? Like, all, or the Airbnb thing. It turns out Thailand is the place where people have that level of comfort because of the community, right? It's like, that's, I think that's like the big unlock that you realize like, holy smokes, I can deliver I am so not much. the only, yeah, I'm not the only opinion that matters. Exactly. And like, there's all of these people who are waiting for this product, right? And I can now all of a sudden deliver all of this value to these people. That's how I felt about the Amazon industry for sure. And why I've gone so headstrong. I mean, I'm 11 years in 25,000 hours plus. Uh, you know, you add in my team and we're at like 60, 70,000 hours as a team on Amazon. What does that mean? Like, you know, some people still don't even understand what that means. Well, I had certain brands, certain companies early on on Upwork, wherever I got top 10 in the world on Upwork. So I was getting a lot of business from there. And I saw people from all over the world that wanted something besides their nine to five. They wanted, they weren't doing well in retail. No one was coming by their store. This lady in New York with uh, Uptown Girl Headwear. I was like making headbands, used to have a lot of traffic, wasn't getting a lot of traffic, started looking on Etsy and Amazon or try to figure it out because she's just like, I, I want to stay in business. Like, you know, I don't want to close. And you get some people that are more desperate or hungry than others. And all of a sudden, you know, what I was doing was a lifeline to them. And I saw what it did for their business. So me as the founder had that conviction of like, this thing works, even though you don't believe it. I know it can be a game changer to these companies that have to go be a little bit hungrier to find business and it can be a lifeline and that's what airbnb is like truly airbnb helped me get through my first startup years where people weren't buying into amazon and amazon services and really needing to like invest their brand in there to be to be good to have great photos to have good content to like have experts help you navigate it and in in those low months when i was kind of like trying to trailblaze and being too early airbnb was my lifeline you know i was able i would stay with a friend or or a girlfriend or my sister and in an Airbnb, my my apartment downtown KC for three or four days and make, you know, six, seven hundred bucks. And that was the difference in like paying my rent or not when I was like really trying to get this thing going. Um, so it's just like 
I think something I learned early on was like, look, my opinion and what I think is cool is not the only thing that matters. And there's a whole lot of other people that have, um, you know, different opinions and selling different stuff. I, I could chat, I could jam on this all day because I absolutely love it. And that's what's e-commerce is like. It's not about opinion, it's data. You gotta try exactly, it, you gotta test, exactly. you gotta innovate. Let's talk you know, about, I wanna talk about your company. I wanna give us some time here. Like before we jump in, and you hold that thought. Before we jump in, shout out again to our sponsor for making this whole thing possible. Um, Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Use the Fullscale platform to define your technical needs and then see what available developers, testers, and leaders are ready to join your team. Visit fullscale.io to learn more. Okay, I don't know. I don't know if that thought was still with you or not. Yeah. But I want to jump. Okay, shoot. All right. Yeah. So basically, you were saying like e-commerce is like a database business, right? And so this is like sort of. And actually, I, I promise I'll tie in our our company and sort of what led to the idea for the company. Um, and so. Almost everybody in the e-commerce world at this point knows that Apple made this change where you cannot track a user from one website to another, right? And basically, iOS fourteen, the iOS fourteen update, the i well fourteen point five, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's okay, like, okay. We're data people now, right? We're data people, so I gotta be, I gotta be specific. <laughs> the, no, you're right. The iOS fourteen point five update, like uh, app tra- app tracking and transparency framework, right? So, okay. They said, hey, you're not, we're not going to allow you to track a user from one website to another. And I was at this ad tech company, LiveRamp, that we were talking about a little bit earlier. And being in ad tech, when that announcement happened, I, I could see like this future where I was like, holy smokes. What this means is you're not going to have data to actually correctly measure and target your users, right? And, and that, that was like a big moment for e-commerce like a very big moment for e-commerce when like you said e-commerce is a business built on top of data and so when you tell somebody hey actually we're going to shut off this data pipeline it actually has like a very very large trickle down impact and so it it impacted my world a ton on the amazon side one because if their web sales were doing good they now were not at least until their team pivoted and figured it out um, it pushed a lot of advertisers that were spending a lot on Facebook ads or Instagram ads, for example, to, hey, let me to redirect more of my ad spend to Amazon, which is more keyword driven and direct response marketing. Um, they're already there on the platform. Uh, so companies like PP, like advertising, PPC, media buying on my end all got harder. But the thing I will say is that as an Amazon expert that dove in that side instead of D2C first, I've never had that data completely available because Amazon protects it uh, in regards to like being able to leverage it for advertisers. So it was something that I'm like, yeah, I've been playing by these rules for a very long time, guys. What's the deal? Um, <laughs> you know, uh, and no, no, I try to learn. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, to- that's totally reasonable. I-, I, would say, I would say it's reasonable, but for one thing, which is they protect the data, but when you buy ads on Amazon to rank on the searches, it's, it, because they have the data, it it still uses that same data to rank you in the searching. And so, Correct. and so actually, from an ads perspective, Amazon Ads is actually does take advantage of all of that data. But because you, it never leaves the website, um, it doesn't suffer the loss that iOS fourteen caused for like Facebook and Instagram ads going to the brand's website. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. And then so the attribution is still there and those things, but like getting the customer data, um, a lot of that's always been unavailable, right? Like I can't retarget them without a specific type of ad um, that you're purchasing, which like has a barrier to entry and all those kinds of things. So smaller businesses never touch those. And instead you're dealing with just like what you have, like what you have right there. And knowing that like retargeting was such a big part of like, you know, off, off what I call off Amazon or like yeah, off yeah, Amazon yeah. types of advertising, um, the retargeting pixel and all of that, being able to track the customer through their journey is like massive in regards to ROI. And so seeing, well, I saw a lot of companies that literally couldn't figure it out, couldn't figure out how to pivot. Um, was it going through that? And I think I'm going to help you transition here. Was it going through that that helped you come up with the idea for this business? Okay. That was it. That was, that was the key. That was the key. Aha, where it was like, okay, look, some brand, I actually think that the few, like the world is not as simple as like, Hey, you should only sell on Amazon. You should only sell D to C. You should only sell brick and mortar. It's like, it's actually like people want Holistic to sell. Commerce. Yeah. It's every, it's everywhere. Right. It's like people want to sell and like, yeah, these are just different ways that people buy things. Right. And so the problem with saying, Hey, now this thing doesn't work anymore is actually, it just creates a big hole in your strategy. Right. And so I, I was like, okay, we need to, we need to build new, new tools and we need to enable brands to actually directly work with influencers and content creators, which is, you know, the largest like eyeball, um, I, like basically you share of eyeballs when you're on social or anything else is on influencer and creator content. And so, okay, how do I actually embed commerce directly into those media experiences? Because that way it's closed loop and the brand and that influencer have a clear understanding of everything that is happening when the consumer is going through that purchase journey. And it does not suffer the same problems that a standard ad, which, you know, it's like you're on one place and then you go to a different, totally different place. Standard ads suffer that data loss. But instead, if we build like a distributed commerce ecosystem, you don't suffer that data loss. And so that, that was actually the moment for me was I saw this Apple thing happening and I was like, okay, I need to figure out a way to embed the transaction directly inside of the content. So that way we don't suffer that data loss and it can become a pillar of a brand's customer acquisition strategy. And I, the way I tell this to people is like, look, I think digital commerce the future of digital commerce is basically going to be like a three-legged stool. It's going to be Amazon or, you know, online retail in general. Marketplaces. Yeah, exactly. Marketplaces, online retail in general, social, and then direct and distributed. And this third leg of the stool is the, is the leg that I want to help accelerate the future of, right? I'm not saying that people should not do these other two things, but I'm just saying that, like, let's be realistic about the fact that all three are necessary, right? Like, can you, can you imagine in, again, like, you know, talking about other companies that should not have, ex should not have existed 10 years ago when Shopify was trying to raise money, people were like, but everybody buys on Amazon. 10 years later, guess what? Shopify is half of the GMV that Amazon is. I mean, that is a lot of sales that go through Shopify stores, right? So 10% of all e-commerce goes through Shopify now. But if you had talked to somebody 10 years ago, they would have just been like, what are you, what are you talking about? Everybody buys everything on Amazon. And no. Amazon didn't slow down, just to be clear. It's not yeah, like yeah. Amazon's growth slowed down. So like, I, I just think like all three of these are necessary 
future. If you if you've listened to any of my content, it's like you're just regurgitating what what I've been saying because <laughs> as an Amazon expert, a lot of Amazon experts are like keep it on Amazon. If you're a Facebook advertiser, you like keep it on D2C so that we can track it and I can't prove what's happening on Amazon. But the ignorance is is that if you're running great top of funnel or like Facebook ads to your website, there is a certain percentage of that that is coming to Amazon, typing in your brand name or your product name and and looking for you there. That's a fact. And so like, you know, there's some Amazon teams that are just like showing results to their brands by just doing branded terms and people don't even know what's happening. They're actually not getting any new customers off of Amazon. They're just capturing customers that are coming over from the Facebook traffic. And I have a lot of opinions on why I share all that info because I want brands to understand what's happening. Are you triple paying on this customer, right? Like, are you, are you paying for a Facebook ad? Now you're paying for an Amazon ad and the Amazon fees to go with it. Like that's, I mean, that's a lot of margin on those sales. So understanding where they're coming from that attribution play, but all the way down to, you know, is your packaging now designed to have a QR code or your social media on the package? That's also ready for retail that we're now selling on Amazon. And since we can't get Amazon customer data, whenever we ship that, are we having them come to your website and and register for the warranty? Are we having them share their unboxing and, and posting that on social media and joining your followers? Like what are all the ways you're tying it all in together? Um, and are you thinking holistically? Are you just thinking like channel, channel, channel? And just like you've created um, with your technology, like the ability to go from influencer to a curated experience that's like someone can buy right there um, with, you know, seeing the same branding that goes from influencer to like where they're purchasing. We've been attempting to do the same thing on the Amazon side, which is if you're on their website, you get this experience. If you are in retail and meeting these people in person, you'd get the same experience you're on social media, you're getting the same experience. And if you're on Amazon, you're getting the same experience. And trust is essentially what's being shared between those four, those four channels um, by, by consistency, right? Yeah. And so that's what people, you know, have you ever been on like, you see an ad on Instagram, you either like go to their Instagram account, and there's like one post, and it's like, just started this account, like 2022. Or like you, you know, you're follow, you see an Instagram ad and then you go and it's like one influencer and it's linking you to another one and you click on that site and it's a website and you're like, what is happening here? Am I buying from like, you know, um, an alley somewhere? Like, I don't even know. Um, or you have the ones that like, you know, you see a post, you go through it and they've been creating consistent content for like three years and you're like, the, you know, the, the trust factor you have there is so much different um, than all the others. And I think that's really what branding is what we're talking about. And then creating that loop um, of attribution. Let's talk a little bit as we round out just like how exactly your software works since we don't have a visual. I know you have a hard stop here in a couple of minutes. We've gone a little bit over, but I would love to just share. I saw it visually before we started the show, but explain to someone how um, you've adapted like, you know, and created this technology to essentially keep them native there on the platform. Yeah, yeah. So the the basic idea is let's just say um, let's let's talk through two examples. So one is an Instagram story, the other one is a blog, right? So okay. I'll do the blog first. So if you're inside of an influencer's blog, let's just say they've like reviewed some product, and then they're saying, "Hey, you can now buy this product." To the, in today's world, the way that you would do that is you would link out, and then you would go buy that somewhere else. And what we enable them to do is you can buy this product when you click it it actually starts to create the cart directly inside of that web page. So let's just say it's a t-shirt. It's like, hey, you can buy this t-shirt. I click it. It pulls a side drawer and you can actually see the item and you can hit checkout and you never leave that website. 
you can complete the checkout and the checkout is placed directly with the brand and you instantaneously get the order confirmation because we integrate directly with the brand on the back end. So there's nothing like funny happening. You're actually placing the order directly with the brand's order management system. Everything is up to date and you get that order confirmation. You know exactly who to go to for support. You know exactly who to go to for any issues or returns or whatever it may be. It's a super seamless experience. You do the same thing on social. Let's just say it's an influencer who's built some sort of Instagram story. They're reviewing a product. You click tap to shop. You continue to see that same influencer. And then the product that they are actually highlighting is now clickable for you to shop. So you can click it and then start to fill a cart and then actually finish the transaction. And the whole time you can like see you know, the influencer's imagery or videos or whatever it may be. And so for the consumer, exactly to what you were talking about earlier around trust and consistency of experience, when you're talking about influencer content, the consistency comes from the trust that you have in that influencer. And so you want to make sure that not only is the content being driven by the influencer, but the commerce is being driven by the influencer too. And that's what generates really good results for the brands that we work with. I love it. How far along are you guys, um, you know, as a company? Like, I mean, um, is this something like you have case studies over? Like, is yeah. this something that if people are, okay, so where can people find out more information? Yeah. So we, we literally just launched a redesign of our website. We're recording on September 15th. We literally just did a redesign of our website yesterday. So you can go to firmatcommerce.com. Um, it has some testimonials on there, but yeah, we, we've, we were pretty lucky. We started the business less than a year ago, uh, and we already have dozens of brands who are working with us. And we have a bunch of data that shows that we provide pretty good lift to the brands who work with us and work with us for their influencer marketing or influencer commerce, I should say. Uh, and on the influencer side, it's actually a very pleasant experience as well because we do everything through an iPhone app. So the same place where they post their content is the same place where they create their store and then they can just embed it wherever they want to. So I love it. Yeah. I love it. Um, I still have a lot to learn and where can people find out outside of just like from at commerce.com? Um, where can people follow you? Are you on social media? Are you on LinkedIn? Yeah. 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 So uh, I'm pretty active on both Twitter and on LinkedIn. So I'm Rishabh M. Jane on either Twitter or LinkedIn. So that's the easiest way to find me there. And then our we're just starting to build our social presence for the for Firmat Commerce too. So we're at Firmat App on on social. So on on Instagram is the best place to follow us for updates on the company. I love it. I think we're gonna see a lot more of this in the near future. And I think you guys are really on to something. So um super pleasure having you on the show jamming out some e-commerce talk with me it's been a lot of fun um and we have to circle up after the show make it make it happen likewise man yeah and and yeah also like just sort of if i could just circle back to like I, you know what we sort of titled the episode from the idea on is you know it's you kind of we we got the chance to sort of talk about how did we get here to this business from like sort of our you know quote unquote upbringing yeah, and, and I think the thing that I just want to reiterate is the ability to provide this sort of impact to small businesses, like small and medium-sized brands and small, and, you know, and growing influencers, 
these are independent people with independent businesses. And, you know, you and I, we get the opportunity to serve them in growing their businesses. And that, and that's like really what, what gets me up in the morning is like, okay, we're here to help these people grow these businesses, whether it's on the content side or on the, on the shopping side. And so, yeah, I, I mean, we should absolutely connect after the show, but I just wanted to reemphasize that that's the thing that gets us going. I love it. And, um, you know, you never know when you're going to, what you're going to connect with someone about. And if that's what we connected about, I'm like, I couldn't be happier. Um, I love seeing companies that are out there trying like that have a value that have a mission statement that are trying to make the world better than they, than they, you know, than they found it. And, um, I love building, I love building businesses and I love building brands. And even, you know, we're in the world of, of the personal brand, the person brand and brands like, you know, literally being created, um, and led by individuals, which is like, you know, something new and, um, you know, it's exciting for me. I'm honestly got my hands dirty in a couple of projects already. So we'll have to circle up on those, um, to our listeners. Thank you so much, um, for your time and attention as always. And to our sponsor, fullscale.io. Do you need to hire software engineers, testers, or leaders? Let FullScale help. They have the people and the platform to help you build and manage a team of experts. Visit FullScale.io to learn more. At FullScale, they specialize in building long-term teams that work only for you. Learn more when you visit FullScale.io. It's been a pleasure having you on the show, and I'll see you next time. Yeah, man. Likewise. Thanks for having me. Startup Hustles brought to you by FullScale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.